Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you kidding me? You are looking live. Winning cures everything. Now for your hosts, Gary and Chris. Welcome in, welcome in, Winning Cures Everything, I'm Gary. And I'm Chris. And we've got a lot to discuss, this is the Tuesday podcast, Uh, so we're not going to hit college football today, but we will discuss some of the other big topics going on in the sports world today. Saturday night, of course, was UFC 246, we will discuss Conor McGregor and what is next for the UFC. Uh, We're going to talk a little college basketball, kind of get in the mood, it is the middle of January, we're getting into late January, so we are getting ever closer to March Madness. Uh, so we're going to start some college basketball discussion, and we're going to talk a little NBA, mostly from a Memphis perspective. So I'm uh, I'm excited about that. Of course, the show always brought to you by Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. You can bet on all these fights. You can bet on all these basketball games, football games, everything else. The Super Bowl obviously coming up. Go over to tunicatravel.com. they got six incredible sports books. Uh, and you can find more information about them there. Um, you can find more information about us over at winningcureseverything.com. All of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We're on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit the subscribe button. If you're listening on the podcast, make sure that you subscribe and that you leave a nice review. We would always appreciate that. Apple Podcasts, that's a big part of their algorithm is reviews and subscriptions. So mm-hmm. knock that out. Again, if you're on YouTube, make sure you comment. Hit the like button. Hit subscribe. Uh, we, we do a lot of stuff over on YouTube. We've got a, a, a big base over there, and we appreciate all of you guys for jumping in with us. Let's go ahead and jump in. UFC 246 was Saturday night. McGregor KO'd Donald Cerrone, Cowboy Cerrone, in 40 seconds. So, of course, that leaves us with the question of what is next? Uh, both of us watched the fight from from different locations. Uh, the level of respect, first off, between these two, and we've we haven't seen McGregor like this since well before the the Jose Aldo fight, right? Like back when he was first starting, um, we haven't seen him be as I don't want to say dialed in because he's been pretty dialed in, but he hasn't he wasn't a showman for this one, and I don't think he had to be. Like, his name alone brings a lot of clout anyway. But, you know, McGregor hugging Cowboy's grandma after the fight, like him hugging Cowboy right after the fight's over. And he has had good sportsmanship before with Diaz and, and everybody else uh, other than Habib. But uh, he, this was kind of not what we expected from his return. Am, am I right about that? No, I mean, I kind of... I actually kind of did. I, I I know that he some of his showmanship stuff before the fight is he just doesn't like these guys. Yeah, and he, and he wants to fight them, even though he should like Diaz. After the fight was over, every time the one he won, the one he lost doesn't matter. Um, he always shows good sportsmanship. He always he always handles himself well when it's over. 
But leading up to it, he didn't like Diaz. No, and, you're right. and, and he made it a show. And so much of it is just talking trash about that person, about their crew, um, and, and belittling them and bolstering himself. And, there's, and there's I think really anything negative. His, it seemed yeah. like he has like a friendship with, with Cowboy. Now, I don't know how yeah. well these guys actually know each other, but it seemed like there was some type of friendship there. And he went in, he competed, he won, and then it was over. And then when it was over, after he did his hugs and he said his things, then he kind of put the show on afterwards. Yeah. And I think that is a respect thing for Cowboy. And I kind of expected it to be a little more toned down. The The weigh-in um, was super toned down and very friendly compared to what it usually is with him. And, and that's when I kind of had a feeling we're not going to get the Conor McGregor the, the, doing the, the cock walk and the just – kind of in-your-face guy for this fight. Yeah. You could tell in the weigh-in that just wasn't his M.O. with in, Cowboy. In the, in the press conference. I mean, that, but what can you say negative about Cowboy? I mean, he's he's a legend. Uh, most fights in UFC, most wins in UFC, most finishes, uh, all, all that kind of mess. Uh, he's got everything. He's He's been around forever, and he has always been a class act. Like, he he doesn't really talk a lot of trash. Um and he's he's fant- he's a family guy, just like Connor is now. And you know, I, I think there's something to that. Like they both have kids, they both have uh, significant others and whatnot. And they're doing a lot of this, you know, not 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 only for themselves, but also for their families. And Cowboy has never had a, a gigantic payday like this one was. Um, and yeah, I think I think that's a big part of it. Uh, as far as the fight goes, the the shoulder hits by McGregor, I hadn't seen anything like that before. I've never seen anybody do that before. It, it was awesome. And, and when I first saw it, I kind of wondered, is is that a legal hit? Simply because if it's not, why the hell has nobody ever done it? When you see guys get tied up together and they're just kind of, you know, it looks like they're kind of catching their breath because they're exhausted. Yeah. But they're also trying to make sure the other guy can't hit them. Why are you not using your shoulder there? Has nobody just thought to do that? I, th- I wonder if it's a sportsmanship thing or, like, with this, I guarantee you pe- more people will use it now. Oh, shit, and, yeah, they're going to use it now. And you're, you are going to have to be on your toe. Like, your cardio better be awesome because yeah. that's not going to be a, a time for a, a little rest. No. Uh, and not just from Connor, but just uh, through, across the board in the UFC. Yeah, for everybody. So, and we, like, we are obviously uh, – amateurs at this we enjoy mma we enjoy the fights and whatnot but we we watch as many of the pay-per-views as we can but the like weekday stuff and yeah, all we don't watch like, all of it all yeah. the time yeah we're not as dialed in and I, i'm never going to claim to be um but but yeah I'm, I'm very much a casual fan but i like it i yeah. like it a lot the uh it, connor mcgregor did look really crisp in this fight uh the the kick to the face was yeah. Perfect, and it, like it, if you're a fighter, obviously, like we do watch a lot of these fights. Obviously, like we just said, we don't watch all of them. But it, when you are looking for something like that, you are looking for it to land. Per, that one could not have landed more perfectly, uh, yeah. and it was it was just dead on. The timing was perfect. Everything about it was perfect. Um, the one of the questions is, it, a lot of people have asked, like, should Cerrone? retire after this. I mean, he's late 30s. He's been doing this forever. He's off of three straight losses now. But when you go back and look at what his losses are, he lost to Tony Ferguson uh, by a doctor stoppage. He lost to uh, Justin Gaethje. Um, and that was, you know, it, 
first round knockout, but or no, was that second round? I can't remember. Uh, either way, he got stopped in that one, but he just he got caught, and it is what it is. And then he got caught by McGregor, and it was a comeback for McGregor. So, you know, I don't think that he's done. Uh, he's still a lot of fun to watch. Uh, I'm curious what his next bout will be because he's he's one of those that they toss on these ESPN cards that they toss it like the the free ones that you can actually watch, and he's still a lot of fun to watch. So I I don't think Cerrone's going anywhere. Do you agree with that? But I, I really don't know. I, I don't know. The, but here's the thing. I mean, if you want to get out there and you want to fight and you want to take these shots and you want to try to make some money, I'm not going to tell somebody they shouldn't or they couldn't. You know, I don't think that he's incapable. Like, there's some fighters that are incapable of being able to protect themselves. Yeah, I don't think that he's. No, I don't think he's that. I don't think he's that. Well, here's the thing: if he is that, you don't get that from the 40 seconds that you watched of this fight. That's the problem with this fight: is trying to judge too much off of it. When a guy gets caught the second the fight goes, I mean, Connor opens up with a haymaker and completely whiffs. Yeah, and then that's when they get tied up, and then he bloodies his nose with his shoulder. Yeah. And I don't know that anybody expected that. No. Damn sure Cowboy didn't <laughs> expect that. So he kind of rattles back. Then the next thing you know, he's got a foot directly to his jaw, and then it's, and then it's over. Yeah. It, it so, was, so what can you gain from that? He, he, made, he, made, he made him miss with the haymaker. It, it does. It, it led me, like I'll tell you this, I thought beforehand that I, I was kind of curious if this fight might have been kind of fixed. And obviously you don't want to talk about that in sports where integrity is a big part of it. But I thought beforehand, like, okay, well, they're, they're setting up McGregor because they, the UFC obviously needs him back. Like they need him competing uh, regularly. They need him for pay-per-view buys for just the sport in general because nobody else has been able to take that mantle, right? Like even Habib, who is significantly more famous because he beat McGregor. Uh, he, like, well, he's he, not more famous. It, no, he, he might be famous. a better fighter than McGregor. Well, I'm saying he, he is significantly sure not more famous than I'm McGregor. Saying, I'm saying he's more famous than he was. Like, he's, he's a big name now because oh, of that. Okay. Nate Diaz, because he fought McGregor, is a bigger name now. That's uh, right. The, you know, you still have those things. you got Diaz and, and Masvidal. you got those kind of things. Um, the, okay, so let, let's talk about McGregor. Uh, the only fighter to score KOs at three different weight divisions, which is pretty awesome. The talk after the fight was McGregor could possibly headline UFC 248 in March. Now, I don't think that's going to happen now because uh, they've got Adesanya and, and somebody else. Or no, uh, Kamara Usman and uh, Romero, I think. Um, but which, I do think because he didn't take a lick, yeah. they're, they're going to push him to fight quick. Well, in... in you would say that, but Dana White came out afterwards, and because this gets into our big question of what is next for Conor McGregor, uh, Dana said Habib is the fight to make, and he believes that it would do more pay-per-views than it did the first time. He says that the first one did like $3.3 million, and most of the real numbers that are on different websites say it's like two point four. The truth is probably somewhere in the middle there, but... I don't know that it would do as many this time because there's just there won't be there can't be near the hype that yep. there was because uh, the hype last time was just there was so much hate and it was exactly what you want for people wanting to watch a train wreck you know um, so there is the Habib aspect but if you do that Habib is fighting in April against Tony Ferguson yeah if that's the case then yeah that that's gonna 
But well, McGregor, I mean, but who's to say that McGregor can't fight before that fight also? Well, that that's the thing. Dana wants McGregor to wait for Habib, but Habib, uh, because of his Islamic faith, doesn't fight over the summer. So he's not going to be back to fight until September, October. At that point, McGregor will have gone another nine months without fighting. And I don't think he wants to do that. So if you're going to do that... Um, you you got to get into all of these other different ideas, right? Money Mayweather, Floyd Mayweather, posted a fake fight poster like right after the fight last night, and it was those two, and it was Mayweather-McGregor 2 coming 2020. And Dana White did talk about Mayweather hitting him up constantly throughout the night last night, um, or on Saturday night. And... If that were to be something, like, my biggest question is, what what does the casual fan want to watch? Because I don't know that the casual fan knew who Cowboy Cerrone was before last night. And by casual, I mean... The problem with MMA is the casual fan doesn't know who any of these guys are. Other than McGregor. Even Habib, the casual fan barely knows him. And they only know him because of all of the storyline leading up to the last one. That's right. That's it. And so, if you are a casual fan... Casual they they fans, need to find a way to build another star. I don't know how to do that. I don't. I, so, I'm not in that business. So Jorge Masvidal had a gigantic 2019, right? Uh, he won the BMF belt uh, against Nate Diaz, and that was kind of a standalone thing. Just who's the baddest mother out there? Um, but that that could be an interesting fight. Now Masvidal did say back months and months ago that for Connor's comeback, like. It wasn't going to be against Masvidal because UFC told him, nah, Connor can't handle you. Uh, we don't want to put him up against you. We want to put him up against somebody he can actually beat. So with him saying that kind of stuff and then Dana coming out and saying, no, nah, we'd like for Connor to wait and then us do Habib too. Like that, that's what made me think of that. But it would be nice to see, you know, that whole thing. Uh, if you get Connor sticking around at welterweight or, or whatever, um, or, or however he would need to fight Kamara Usman. Um, now, Usman still has a fight before that, but that would be an interesting one. Um, I, I, maybe it's Nate Diaz 3, like it, Connor, Connor McGregor and Nate Diaz 3. Like That could draw in some people because, again, casual fans didn't know who Nate Diaz was until he upset McGregor. Uh, if you are looking to spend money on a pay-per-view, and you don't watch UFC all the time, who, it, like, what is the fight that you want to see the most? I don't, I don't know the answer to that. I just know it's got Connor in it. I think that's the biggest thing. I think it doesn't matter who he fights. That's true right now. You can't ride that horse forever. No, no, that's true. Like, they if, have if he to develop. Yeah. They have to develop the next guy. It, but is is the next guy Masvidal? Like Masvidal lost a lot early in his career, and yeah, he had a big year last year. But you know, he had that. Uh, he basically retired. Um, uh, ben Askin, um, like it, he knocked him out in what six seconds? I mean, he had that flying knee kick, um, or the flying knee to his face that like knocked him out almost immediately, and that became like such a huge highlight. It it went viral everywhere. All that. And then immediately after that, he knocks, well, technically knocks out uh, Nate Diaz for the BMF belt. Like, I, 
I guess if you were going to do that, if you were going to give him maybe Masvidal, uh, but the thing you got to be worried about is, okay, if if Masvidal does destroy McGregor, does that make Masvidal really big, or does it just hurt your brand with McGregor? I don't. I mean, we've seen McGregor lose, and it didn't hurt his brand. He lost to Diaz, didn't hurt anything. He lost to Habib, didn't hurt anything. Yeah, but if he if he continues to lose, that's the question. Well, no, you don't want him to continue to lose. Yeah, you need to find some folks that he can beat between some of these fights. And that's the, like you. Well, therein lies the issue. There is is if his next fight is either Nate or Habib or Masvidal, and he's you know going to be worst case scenario even money or a dog in all of those fights, then you know I don't I don't know what you do. Yeah. You've got to find a way, but but what I think is is you just have to find a way to boost those other guys. But the problem is is that to find somebody who has the skill and capability of fighting and has the personality to be a star is so hard and so unique. Because some of the things that makes these guys great fighters are the fact that they were introverted their entire life and they weren't, you know, big you know, spotlight guys. And that's why they got into martial arts. And that's why they got into fighting is, is because, you know, it was kind of a, 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 a what one of the word I'm looking for. Um, just like a self-defense thing of not, not necessarily defending yourself, but just trying to find a place where you fit in. And, yeah. and those aren't the qualities of somebody like Connor. That's just a star. And I think we live in a world today to where if you want to be a star and you want to be famous, you're not getting into a sport where you go get punched in the face all the time. No, that's you're, and, you're and very so right the people it. that make the best fighters don't have the personality to be marketable stars. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, it, and I that's think- a generalization. That doesn't mean that we won't find another one. And ha ha, see this guy's amazing, and you were wrong. Yeah. There's just there's a reason that it always struggles to find them. Yeah, like you can I mean, have Chuck really Liddell good fighters. Was a unique situation. Yeah. Conor McGregor's a unique situation. You you can have fantastic fighters that aren't showmen. Like that's yes. that's just how it is. Uh, I think most of the fantastic fighters aren't showmen. True. And Very the guys true. that want to look good and be showy don't last because they get their ass kicked. Yeah, uh, Habib Nurmagomedov is not no. a showman whatsoever. No, like, no not at all. He does not care about the press conferences. He does not care about that aspect of this at all. Nope. Um, he is he he fights because he wants to fight. Nate Period. Diaz seemed like he tried to go jar for jar with with Connor before their first fight, and and he and he he'll kinda, still talk smack to anybody. Like he he does that, but it's it's not to the level. No. So it it's not he's not doing it. To when sell it wasn't a fight. entertaining, like it yeah. looked forced and it looked awkward and it looked like a guy that was trying to be something he's not. Yeah, I agree. I agree with you. I think back to what should be next for McGregor. If Dana White is serious about making uh, McGregor Habib two, uh, and and you need McGregor to do something in the meantime, uh, your best bet is going to be put him in the boxing ring again. Like put yeah, him but then he's going to lose again. So and then which, you're going to watch him lose on on you know a big monster pay per view that's going to make you know. And I, I don't think that's going to affect dollars. him at all if, when it's against a guy that is undefeated, um, like Mayweather is. 
okay. You know, now Habib still has to get through Tony Ferguson. They've they've tried to make this fight happen uh, four times before this, and it, obviously once we get into April, we're we're gonna start trying to get some interviews with uh, with some guys that cover MMA. Um, but you know, Habib Ferguson has has been scheduled four times, and those two guys have each dropped out twice due to injury. You know, there was a weight cut problem. There was a uh, torn ACL, there was, you know, this and that. Like, all, all kind of different stuff has gone wrong. This fight has seemed cursed forever. Um, and it's it's now a big-time fight because of what these guys have done in the meantime. But uh, we'll, we'll see if this fight actually happens or not. I, I, think, I think the Mayweather thing, like, it doesn't matter if you win or lose. It's going to bring in a ton of money. It's going to keep oh, it's training. It's going to be so boring, though. I think, yeah. I think if you get that many people to buy in a second time and it's awful to watch again. The first one wasn't awful, though. Yes, it was. Nah, I, I didn't yes, think it was. Yes, it awful. was. Gary, you come on now. Oh, yes, it, was a, it, was. it was a complete sham, but I, like, I enjoyed it. It was entertaining. The first three rounds were entertaining, and then Connor ran out of gas, and they just chased each other around the ring. Yeah, no, you're right about they that. They literally like walked around in a circle and looked at each other for for nine rounds. Yeah, yeah. That's I mean, it. it was unbearable to watch after the first three rounds. Yeah, after the first three, the next seven were kind of eh, whatever. And you you saw a few things from McGregor that you know made you think he might have had a chance. But so here's another thing Dana's got a problem with is he had a star, a mega star, one that is. Every bit as big or as good as Connor um, in um, John Bones Jones, but that guy just continuously just can't stay off the cocaine and the steroids. Well, and, and so it didn't matter how many fights he won; they they immediately became DQ'd as soon as it was over because I hey piss in this as soon as the fight's over. Oh yeah, you're 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 taking horse tranquilizers. <laughs> he uh, now I will say I'll, I'll give Bones Jones some credit here. He has stayed clean for like a year and a half now. For a year and a half? He's been in the league for like 15 years. I know, I know, but it, it, he was he was uh, uh, suspended for like two years. And when I he think came the back, only reason he's been he clean fine. is because he hasn't fought enough to be tested. Uh, but that's the thing. He has fought a ton. He's fought like four times in the last year and a half, and that's a lot for a, a big-time UFC fighter. So, uh, you know, the issue is he came back, and there are still the people that doubt whether or not he's really clean. There are the people that... Well, yeah, uh, nobody will fight him. Well, nobody will fight him. And on top of that, like, he's... I think maybe he's fighting a little too much against people that... Uh, people really people really don't know some of these guys, you know? Yeah. So the pay-per-view buys are okay, but they're not great. And so well, he, that's he's what not Connor's going to end up being, though. At the end of his career, that's just what it's going to be. It's going to be a bunch of no-name guys yeah. trying to make their name off of maybe beating him, and he's just going to rack up a ton of easy wins at the end of his career. But I, I'm curious if Dana will will let him get to that point because I like Dana is right. The biggest fight that that UFC could make would be McGregor and Habib if Habib ends up winning this fight against Ferguson. Like, that would be a massive, massive fight. But, like, how how big is it? And would Connor actually have a chance in that game, in that match? I, I just, I don't know. So, uh, we'll have a lot to discuss, of course, going forward in the fight stuff because uh, in the NFL, or NFL and college football offseason, uh, we're going to be talking about boxing. We're going to be talking about uh, all, all kind of different stuff. So, 
You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's, uh, let's go ahead and move on. We're going to talk a little college basketball today. Um, let, let's talk about some of the big topics that have happened over the weekend. Topic number one, uh, for the first time since 2006, Duke lost two straight as a top-five team uh, after their loss to Louisville at home on Saturday night, and they lost at Clemson in the middle of last week. Uh, if you look at Bracket Matrix... And and they are they've got just a ton of different you know bracket experts or whatever that you know they they round them all up and they average everything out. Baylor is your number one overall seed. Kansas is a number one seed. Duke is a number one seed, and Gonzaga is a number one seed. Duke is still considered a number one seed even after these two losses. And if you look at Ken Palm numbers, if you look at efficiency metrics, all that kind of mess, Duke is still one of the top teams. But they got to get off the slide. Uh, they do face Miami on Tuesday night, so we'll see if they can uh, if they can get over that. They face them um, at home, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, your two seeds right now are Butler, San Diego State, West Virginia, and Florida State. And then you've got Dayton, Oregon, Auburn, and Michigan State as your three seeds. How insane is it that you see names like Baylor, you know, Gonzaga, Duke, Kansas, totally normal one seeds, but Baylor is a one seed is weird. And you've got Butler, San Diego State, West Virginia, and Florida State as two seeds. Like, I think to the average all, all college that's going to change fans, so much between now and, and tournament time. Yes, but the fact that those guys have come out and done what they have done so far, uh, it, I think the average college basketball fan would not believe you if you told them that that was what the, the two seeds were in the NCAA tournament. Yeah, no, no doubt, no doubt. Uh, Kentucky got a big win over Arkansas. They moved to 13-4. Uh, and four. And people wouldn't think that that's a, a big win, but Kentucky lost to South Carolina on the road on a last-second shot in the middle of last week. And they were actually an underdog in that game to Arkansas. Arkansas only has uh, two losses, or well, now three losses on three. the season. Um, Arkansas has done pretty well under uh, uh, Musselman. I mean, he's yep. like he's done fantastic so far. The, uh, the other big topic was Auburn. Auburn opened up the season 15-0. and uh, they didn't have a single Quadrant 1 game, much less a win, uh, in their first 15 games. Their schedule was really, really light. 
and they went on the road and lost at Alabama and at Florida by 20-plus points in each. That was shocking that, that they got beat as handily as they did in both of those games. Uh, the Tuesday night big games, of course, are going to be Florida LSU, Texas Tech at TCU, and then Butler at Villanova. Florida LSU is not a top 25 game, but Florida 12-5 and coming off of a pretty big win over Auburn, and LSU is still undefeated in SEC play. Um, yep. I know that you are an LSU fan, not so much college basketball, but... No, I follow the basketball team. We follow yeah. all their sports. Uh, is it... So, coming from you as a as a fan, is it weird to you to still see uh, Smart and some of those guys playing for LSU and still seeing Will Wade on the sideline even after no, all the FBI? Stuff? Not at all. Not at all. If I was if I was the athletic director for any of these schools, I'd be doing the exact same thing. Bruce Pearl's going nowhere until the NCAA does something. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna self inflict pain on my own team when at the end of the day. If they do an investigation and they find out something happened at LSU on this date, they're still going to punish you. That's a good so point. So they're, they're going to if if the NCAA two years from now comes and they say, "Hey, last year in 2018, you did this," and so therefore we're going to bring this punishment down four years later. Th- then why am I going to hurt myself the three or four years between that? That's a good point. That's a they're good not going to make it extra hard because we kept those guys. Uh, Texas Tech TCU interesting game. Uh, it should be relatively close. Jamie Dixon's done a good job at TCU since he got there from Pitt. Uh, he really has. He he really has done done a good job at TCU. The Big Twelve basketball has gotten substantially better. SEC basketball has gotten substantially better oh, yeah. over the last couple of years. Chris Beard had, at Texas Tech uh, not as good this year as they were last year, and that's lost too a lot big. of talent. Yeah, lost a ton of just seniors and NBA talent, et cetera. Just athletes, um, man. They were the they were the most athletic team in the in the tournament last year. Oh yeah, one of the most athletic teams in the tournament Which last is, year. I, I don't know that they had a single four star on the roster. <laughs> you know, but they were that. That's because people who grade stars on on these things just aren't always good at what they do well I, I look at it more as Chris Beard as a head coach is remarkable I yes. think he's incredible you know um Butler and Villanova uh, if you had told me before the season started that these two teams with what they were losing and and all that kind of mess that they would be two top 15 teams uh Villanova may be top 10 by the time you know this podcast comes out uh but Butler I mean, good gracious. Like they, they lose Brad Stevens to the NBA. They lose Chris Holtzman to Ohio State. And they just keep rolling. Like it doesn't matter who the coach is, it doesn't feel like. So yeah, Butler, uh, that's gonna be very interesting. And of course, we talked about all the bracket matrix stuff. We'll uh we'll continue to talk college basketball throughout the season. We uh I think once we get towards doing some weekend stuff, we might do some picks on Saturdays. Uh, if you go over to winningcureseverything.com and go to the gambling picks section. I bet college basketball games every single day. I am sitting at 58.5% on the season. Uh, a $5 better would have made if you bet every single game, which I don't expect you to. But um, but I bet all these games. And if you bet 5 bucks, you would be up over 100 If you bet 10 bucks each game like me, you'd be up over $200 right now. So uh, if you want to go check those out, see what I'm doing on the season, winningcureseverything.com, go to the gambling pick section. And finally... The last topic of this show, 
let's talk a little NBA. And we're going to talk about it from the perspective of Memphis fans. The Grizzlies are absolutely rolling right now. And we are recording on Sunday night. Uh, this is going to come out on Tuesday morning. Obviously, there is the MLK Day game between the Grizzlies and the Pelicans. It'll happen between now and then. But that doesn't change what the storyline is. Taylor Jenkins, as a rookie head coach, he's like 34 years old, I think. Uh, and John Morant, who is a rookie, 20 years old, he, along with Jaron Jackson Jr., Dylan Brooks, who's a third-year player, um, this team is fantastic. They are a ton of fun. Uh, tell me, I mean, I know that you've watched a lot of it. You've watched uh, the Mavericks a lot this year. You've watched, you know, some of the big-name teams. How? What is the ceiling for this Grizzlies team? The ceiling for this Grizzlies team is probably – Probably the eighth seed is the ceiling because I do think there's a there's a difference. When you get into the playoffs, just young teams don't win um, in the playoffs. But I think it's important for them to get those minutes. Uh, I absolutely think that I would fight like hell to get the eighth seed and to be able to have two home games in Memphis where we can say thanks thanks for the season. Try to win one of those. And and uh, and but have your stars, have the core that you're building around, have your coach be involved in meaningful, very difficult, grinding it out, hard playoff games. I think that's extremely important for a young basketball team. Um, I before the season started, when we were talking draft stuff last year, said I was ecstatic that Memphis got the two spot. And it wasn't because we could have gotten the five spot or the eight spot or whatever. It was because I didn't want the one spot because I knew what would happen. I knew everybody in the world said, you got to take Zion. And I made it abundantly clear. If you made me the general manager of the Grizzlies and you gave me the number one pick overall and Zion Williams was standing there and John Morant was standing there, I made it abundantly clear last year before the season started, before anybody went to a camp or anything, that I would take John Moran. Yeah. I've, I've seen what he does, and I know how that translates to the NBA. The NBA has become a run-and-gun offensive basketball team, but that guy, he still steals the ball. That's the only defense that's ever being played now is is in, in big-time high-profile basketballs if you can get picks, if you can steal the basketball, and he can steal the basketball. Um, but on the other side of that is – he, he has the best court vision of any point guard I've seen in a long time. He, it, I feel like the basketball is on a string, and he knows where it is at all times and can make it do anything he wants it to do. He finds the open man when nobody even knows that guy is there. The other night when he did, it, it looked like he was going to the hole, and he comes up and he passes the ball behind him, and it's like nobody even saw that guy standing there and he's wide open and he's two feet from the goal. He just grabs it, throws it down. It's like, holy shit, how did that happen? <laughs> I, I think he's the most exciting player in the league right now. I really do. We've watched Harden for up 10 years score 50 points a night, and it's kind of gotten boring. And and, and some of that's a testament to Harden, but he – he gets fouled. He he gets a lot of calls, and he makes a lot of free throws, and he just shoots a lot of mediocre range threes. Like there's nothing really exciting about the three anymore. So he just shoots a lot of bland shots. the The two most exciting players that I've watched this year are Luca and Ja, and it's a it's a rookie guy and a second year guy, and they are 
incredible. And some of that is because the big stars are, you know, uh, load management, like, you know, watching their time, watching their bodies, taking care of themselves. You know, Giannis is still probably the freakiest person in the NBA right now. And I think the best overall player in the NBA, but I, I think the, the future of the game is in great hands with, with two young guys like Luca and Ja and, uh, and Memphis is, is pretty cool to be a part of that. Yeah, I, I do agree for the Grizzlies. The, the unsung hero here is DeAnthony Melton. Uh, yes. this guy, I, since Ja came back, he is a lot of the reason why this team is able to, um, is able to do what they do. I mean, he, he's all over the stat sheet, and sometimes it's not even the stat sheet. He just he he brings to the Grizzlies kind of what Tony Allen brought, and it's not the same thing by any stretch of the imagination. Not but, close, but yeah. But it, it's it's kind of the same. Like he just he glues everything together really really well. Uh, you've got you know you got Brandon Clark, whose per is nineteenth in the league. He's twenty two point four five, so his player efficiency rating is way up there. Uh, D'Anthony Melton is 70th. Uh, John Morant is, let's see, his is 18.77. He's third on the team, and his uh, PER is 58th in the league. Like, these guys are young. D'Anthony Melton is a, a second-year guy. You know, yeah, they, I, I, I love the point, Brandon, uh, you brought up uh, Clark. Oh, he's uh, incredible. That guy, that guy, I mean, this core is going to be really good if we can find a way to keep this team together. I mean, you keep Dylan Brooks, and he's a third-year guy, but he was injured yeah. for a lot of his first and second season. Um, they, This team, Jonas Valanciunas is second on the team in PER, and he is, let's see, 22nd in the league, I think, as far as that goes, 21st in the league. Uh, he like These guys are all incredible. Like They, they work so well together, and I think that's the, the biggest uh, part of a game that people don't pay attention to in the NBA is team chemistry. And it's like that with college basketball as well, but but maybe more so in the NBA. If you've got guys in a locker room that don't like each other, uh, that, that becomes a big-time problem. But when you've got a, a core like these young guys that the Grizzlies have, and then you've got your, your veterans with Jay Crowder and Solomon Hill, guys like that, um, and then you've also got you know Grayson Allen, and Dylan Brooks, Kyle Anderson, who's been around for a while, but he's also one of those guys that understands his role on the team. You know, he played for for Pop forever uh, with San Antonio. Like this is the the beginnings of something really, really big for the Grizzlies. Uh, I'm I'm happy about it. It's exciting to watch. They've won seven in, uh, seven in a row uh, at this point. Their team record, I think, is nine. So if they beat the Pelicans on Monday, which you'll be listening to this after that, you'll be able to tell after that, uh, they go and they play at the Celtics to try and get to number nine. So we'll see. We'll see if they can set the record and whatnot. But so far, so good. They have, they've been a lot of fun. Uh, tell, me, tell me what you think about the Mavericks. Um, I know you've watched a lot of them. I haven't gotten a chance to. I've only seen two games this year. I know Luca is incredible. I mean, Luca's just—I mean, yeah, he's—he's he's one he, of the most special players I've ever seen. Last year, I screamed it from the rooftops. Yeah. We did a little NBA coverage before the draft, and I said, "There's no doubt in my mind, this kid should go first. 
he should go number one overall. He's going to be the best player out of this draft. Does he just make it the best like, player out of this draft next year? He's going to be the best player out of this draft five years from now. He'll be the best player out of this draft ten years from now. At no point in time in the league will you look back and him not be the best player that came out of that draft. I agree. Uh, does he just make everybody else around him better? Or... Yes, this is what this is what elite level point guards do. And the league kind of went through a weird phase where the point guards were kind of always the best players, but they were high, high profile scorers. It was your Curries, it was your your Westbrooks and your Hardens, and and those were your great, great point guards in the game. And we being Memphis guys grew up with Mike Conley, who was kind of like the anti point guard. Like he he didn't look anything like those guys. He was a true traditional point guard that, you know like a like a CP three in his heyday. That's right. Yeah. He could he could shoot, but but for the most part, he got you the ball where you could capitalize on things. And uh and and that was not kind of the way the league was going. And you had to have a a, a point guard that could be, you know, really athletic, really quick. Um and uh, and can can shoot, which Jaws developed in a shot, and uh, and and then also get everybody else involved. I think Luca's that special. I think he's that good. I think uh, I think we're gonna have a lot of fun watching the NBA going through the rest of this season. Uh, this this league moves at such a fast pace that in college basketball, it's difficult to try and do podcasts around you know results and whatever else. But we will no, continue watching storylines, and we're gonna we're gonna yeah. follow our regiment and when when. You know, when we will cover everything about. that's happened before that, and we will talk about everything that's going to happen after that the best we can, and that will be just the way we've got to handle it. Um, but, but you know, this is a very local thing. It's a very Memphis thing for us, but but not really if you're an NBA fan. That's just not the truth. The The two biggest NBA writers that I know and I follow are, are Ringer guys, and it's Bill Simmons and Ryan Rosillo. And and they're, they're, they're the, the NBA guys that I've grown up with. And, and follow, and both of those guys do nothing but tweet this stuff out on their shows. They talk about the number one league pass team, and the, the reason for having the league pass right now is the Memphis Grizzlies. You can get all the – you're going to see Giannis on ESPN and TNT. You're going to see LeBron and, and Kawhi and Harden and all those guys on TNT. But you need to pay for the league pass to watch Ja. Yeah, and he, he's worth every penny. He's worth every penny. Yeah, it it feels like every time that we watch a game, it it's like we're waiting for that moment, and it has it's come up in every single game. Every game, there's been something special that has happened, and so yeah, uh, no, he's he's impressive. Is there anything else that we need to hit on for this episode? No, man, I think we're good. I think we are. I think we are. Of course, you guys know, go over to winningcureseverything.com. You can find all of our picks, previews, podcasts, videos, social media platforms. We're on Facebook. We are on Twitter. If you're watching on YouTube, hit subscribe. Hit that like button. We do appreciate you guys for watching the show. If you're on the podcast, make sure you hit subscribe. Leave a nice review. We appreciate you guys, as always. Go over to tunicatravel.com. Tunica, Mississippi, the South's premier sports gambling destination. they got six incredible sports books. You can find more information, like I said, over at tunicatravel.com. Chris, we will be back on Wednesday, and we'll actually be doing that one in person, right? Yes, sir. Dig that. All right, we'll see you guys again later. Thanks for checking out Winning Cures Everything. 
If you want to keep up with us, hit subscribe on YouTube or your favorite podcast app. Visit the website at winningcureseverything.com or you can like us on Facebook or follow us at Winning Cures, at Gary WCE, or at Chris B. Giannini on Twitter. Share out the show, leave a nice review, and make sure to comment and tweet at us. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.